ask your neighbor, are you ready to hear from the Lord today? Ask your other neighbor, amen. Are you ready to hear from the Lord today? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God is great. He's awesome in this place. Amen. Uh, today I want to talk about your gift making room for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Your gift will make room for you. Amen. Tell, tell your neighbor, your gift will make room for you. Amen. I know when I start talking about gifting, somebody already has already tuned off because they're like, probably is talking to leaders in this house. That's probably who has a gift. I, I don't think I have a gift. Hallelujah. But the word of the Lord is telling us, your gift will make room for you. Amen. A man's gift will make room for them. Can we open our Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 18, I believe. Is verse 16. Your room will make room for you. Proverbs chapter 18, uh, verse 16. Are we there? Amen. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Can we all say that? A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. A man's gift will make room for him and it will bring him before great men. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, let's turn our Bibles. That will be our main scripture. Then our anchor scripture is going to come from the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 2. Uh, actually, chapter 3. I'm going to read from this one. Now Moses was tending flock, the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert. Say the back of the desert. And came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will turn now aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn? So when the Lord saw, he turned aside. To look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place where you stand is holy ground. Say holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord says, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. For I have come down to deliver them and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing 
with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Havites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. And I've also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? So many times when God is calling us, this is the question that we ask God. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Who am I that you should send me? What am I, God, that you should send me? But I thank the Lord because in 2018, our theme is raised for such a time as this. Moses was being raised by God for such a season as this. For this opportune time where God will say to Moses, Moses, I need you to go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Then the Lord speaks to Moses and says to Moses, I am sending you now to go and tell my people that to go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. But the response that Moses gives to God is this, Lord, who am I that you should send me? Who am I, Lord, that you should send me, right? We'll talk about this man in a little bit uh, and see where he is coming from. What brings him to this place where he says to the Lord, who am I that you should send me? Is there nobody else better that you can send? Are there no better people that you can send? Is there no someone else out there who is more eloquent than I am that you can send? But the Lord Visits this man and he says to him, you are the one that I want to send. This morning, God is saying, you are the one that I want to send. I have an assignment for you. He has an assignment for each and every one of us. And what will make room for us is our gifting. Amen. So Moses says, Lord, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? And that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. So he said, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. We'll talk about this mountain in a little bit. It's going to get good. So Moses is in the desert. He is heading his father-in-law's ship. And he gets to this mountain called Horeb. And on this mountain, the Lord makes a bush to burn. But this bush, as it is burning, it is not being consumed. So it draws the attention of Moses, who says, let me go see why. What is causing this bush to burn, yet it's not being consumed? So he draws near to the bush. Then the Lord says, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is what? Holy ground. So he does that. Then the Lord gives them this great assignment. 400 years, this, the children of Israel were in captivity. They were in slavery. And he calls this man who is in the desert, tending sheep. And he says, you are the one that I've chosen. And I'm given this assignment to go and bring my people out of Egypt. What a humongous task that Moses was being given. The armies of Egypt were the greatest armies of the world at that time. And he is supposed to go and contend 
uh, against Pharaoh and these armies and these people and tell them, my God has sent me to tell you to let his people go. So Moses is in the right to say to God, who am I that you are sending? Is there nobody better than I that you can send? Amen. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, uh, and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? Right? You want to know what you, you, you are selling, right? Before you begin marketing anything. So he says, Lord, I want to know what this product is, what it's called before I sell it, right? I want to know its label. I want to know what it is. What's the label on this package? Amen. So the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, what is his name? Who shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, that you shall say to the children of, the, of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my, this is my memorial to all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob appeared to me saying, I've surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of affliction of the Egyptians to the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Havites and the Jebusites to a land flowing with milk and honey. Then they will heed your voice and you shall come and you shall come. You and the elders of Israel to the king of Egypt and you shall say to him, the Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me. Uh, has met with us, and now please let us go three days' journey into the wilderness. Hallelujah. I'll skip a little bit to verse 20, 21. It says, And I will give the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty-handed. But every woman shall, uh, every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely, of her who dwells near a house, articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. Amen. So he has, he has been given this assignment to go and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. And the Lord says, I've heard their cry because of their taskmaster, who is the Egyptian. So Moses is being called to be a problem solver. There is a problem that needs a, a redeemer. There is a problem that needs a, 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 someone to interject and be the go-between that's going to solve that problem. In this world, you find out that the reason why you are paid at your job is because you are a problem solver. You are paid to solve a problem. Hallelujah. In this time that God has raised us up, he is looking for a people that will solve a problem. He's looking for problem solvers. Hallelujah. Esther was elevated to a place in the kingdom uh, because there was a problem that God had foreseen before she even knew it was going to exist. Before you knew what God what had in, in, in store, I want to tell you from the foundation of the earth, he had an assignment for you. There is always a problem in every generation that is looking for someone to solve. And in our generation, it is you and I. It is you and I who are being called to solve a problem. 
to tell the people of God or to tell Pharaoh to let the people of God go that they might go and worship him. The house of the Lord is there to be a place of worship. You and I, we are being called into the kingdom of God to be ambassadors, to represent the kingdom of God, to be the mouthpiece of God, to tell whatever problem there is, that there is a God in heaven who is saying, let my people go. Hallelujah. Now Moses, let me give you a little bit of history concerning this man. This man was raised up in slavery. When he was raised up in slavery, the word of the Lord says when he was born, Pharaoh at that time, he was killing all the male boys. Every child of the Israelites who was born a male had to be killed. Hallelujah. But we know that God intervened concerning his life and said, you may kill others, but not this one. I have a mark on his life. Hallelujah. You might have perished a long time ago. Had it not been for God who said, I have a mark and an assignment for you and I. We would have died had God no plans for our lives. But because he had a plan and a purpose concerning our lives, he has sustained us even through this time. Hallelujah. It is not by your divine will wisdom that you made it to church this morning. You just woke up thinking it was another day, but God was saying this day, whilst it is cold today, I have an assignment. I've got to prep you up for what is about to come. Hallelujah. Because God is saying there's an assignment that needs someone that's been raised for such a time as this. I need an Esther in this generation that's going to say, if I perish, I perish. If I die, I die. But I've got an assignment Hallelujah. God put it upon the mother of Moses to keep her boy to hide Moses. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. Whether knowing it or not knowing it, there, were, there are wars and battles that God has fought for you to bring you to this level. You might not have seen it, but there is an invisible hand that's been on your life all along. Hallelujah. I don't know. I don't know about you, but had it not been for God, I would have been destroyed. Had it not been for his mercies, I would have been consumed. But his mercies have carried me up to this time because I've been raised in the kingdom for such a time as this. Hallelujah. So the mother of Moses takes Moses and she takes a, a, a basket made, made of reeds and she puts Moses in there. And she, she, she goes to the river and she places the basket in the river and then she stands on the other side observing to see what will become of Moses. Hallelujah. She did not abandon him, but we know that she stood on the other side of the river. And it so happened by chance, hallelujah, that the, the daughter, one of the daughters of Pharaoh came to the river to take a bath. And when she came to the river, she saw a boy in a basket. The moment she saw him, hallelujah, she loved the boy. And she said, I'm going to raise this boy as my own. Then the word of the Lord says, she sought for a, a, someone to take care of this boy. But the mother who was on the other side and Moses' sister called Miriam who were there observing, when she heard uh, Pharaoh's daughter saying, let's find someone to nurse this boy, she immediately ran and said, oh, there's a lady that I know who knows how to take care of babies. So she ran to the mother of Moses. The mother, the mother of Moses became the maiden to Pharaoh's uh, daughter taking care of Moses in the palace. But all this was God orchestrating and keeping 
uh, Moses. His name means drawn out. It means that he was separated for such a time as this. So when he was separated for such a time as this, the journey sometimes is not as smooth as we want it to be. Because your assignment and my assignment is different. What God has called you to do and what he has called me to do might not necessarily be the same. But you have an assignment irregardless. There is something that God is setting you up for. He has brought you into the kingdom to do something not, that, not the same thing that he has called Pastor Biro to do. You have a place that God wants you to serve. You have a place that God wants you to be active. You have a place that God wants you to be a solution. So they, brought, they bring Moses. His name means drawn out because he was drawn out from the water. Hallelujah. He was drawn out. He was separated. So as they bring him, Moses is raised not as an Israelite but as an Egyptian. Why is that so? Because sometimes it says, we have, I've heard this saying that you can take... Uh, if someone probably someone is gets to a place where they are incarcerated, then they are released. Sometimes it takes a long time, or it takes real deliverance for that person to begin to live like a free person because their DNA kind of gets reprogrammed to where they begin to live as one who is in captivity, even when they are outside the bars of incarceration. So God was raising someone for a unique purpose and a unique task. His thinking had to be different than all those that were raised as slaves. He had to think outside the box. So he was not bought or raised up as a slave to Egyptians, but he was raised up as one of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why when you come to the house of the Lord, your experiences and my experiences, when they are intertwined, the word of the Lord says, iron sharpens iron. What might be incarcerating you? When you come to the house of the Lord, there is somebody that's walking in freedom. So they are able to impart freedom to you. When you come to the house of the Lord, that's why we, I'm, I'm standing right here. The word of the Lord says he has chosen the things that are foolish to confound the things that are wise. What I'm doing is I'm taking you from a place of incarceration to a place of freedom. Where you can operate in the gifting that God has called you to, to operate in. Hallelujah. All of us, we have different experiences. We have gone through different things for a different reason. For some of us, it is so that I can strengthen my brethren. Hallelujah. Uh, it is so that I can be a source of strength to somebody else. When Moses is raised up, he is not raised up as a slave. He doesn't think like a, as a slave, but he thinks like a, like a prince. Hallelujah. He thinks like royalty because he's raised up in Pharaoh's house as a king, as a prince. Hallelujah. So when he's walking, he has this step, he has this swagger that speaks of royalty. Hallelujah. He is everything about him speaks of freedom. Hallelujah. Because he is being raised to be a savior to those that are in captivity. There are experiences that you have gone through that you have gone through because God was just saying it is for someone's admonition. Hallelujah. It is so that you can strengthen somebody. It is so that you can be a source of hope to somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God, my God. That's why not all of us know what it is to be fired from a job. 
That's why not all of us know what it is to be denied something. There are some that when they do everything, everything goes smoothly. Hallelujah. But then there are some that when you do, you have to, you have to hit that door several times before it opens. Hallelujah. But it is because God is forging different weapons for different purposes. My, 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 my. Moses was raised as a king, as a prince. But we find him now, his mentality has reverted to a mentality of a slave when an assignment is being given to him. Is it the Moses that was raised as one of, of, of Pharaoh's sons who is saying, who am I, Lord, that you should send me? Had God visited him a little bit earlier in his life, Moses would have said, here I am. I am the man. Send me. But something happened in Moses' life that brought him to this place where when God says, I have an assignment for you, he says, Lord, have you, have you exhausted all options? Are you sure this is what you want to do? That's not how Moses was raised, my God. Moses was raised as a son of Pharaoh. The stubbornness of Pharaoh, every time that Moses would go and tell him, the Lord has said, let my people go. Pharaoh would say, I am the only God in this land. There is no one that speaks to me. That's the boldness that Moses had been raised up with. But something happened along the way. Hallelujah. The sense of purpose was impressed upon the heart of Moses. Such that one day as he was walking, he saw an Egyptian killing an Israelite. And what did he do? He went and he killed the Egyptian. So he knew there was purpose about his life to deliver the children of Israel from where? From slavery, from captivity. But he had gone about it the wrong way. He went about it in a premature way. The time had not yet come. There are times in our lives we have been frustrated because when God was developing our gift, we hit a roadblock before. I remember sometimes when I was growing up and, and, and God was speaking to me prophetically and God would give me a word. And there were times that I would want to stand up in the church to say, this is what God is telling me to say. And then I, at times I was rebuked and people would say to me, you have to go through protocol. But what that, what that did is it, it seared my voice from hearing when God would speak to me. Because all the time that God would speak to me, because I had hit roadblocks before. Because I, people had thought I was seeking my own pride or I was seeking my own glory when I would give a prophetic word. I found myself frustrated. And what did I do? I shut down. Moses was trying to be a deliverer to the children of Israel. Do you know what happened? It's not the Egyptians that drove him to run away. It was the Israelites that, were, that drove him away. The word of the Lord says he, one day he heard them speaking and they were saying, uh, and he saw some Israelites fighting amongst themselves. And he said, guys, you are all Israelites. Don't fight amongst yourself. And what did they say? What will you tell us? You are a murderer. He had killed an Egyptian trying to rescue an Israelite. And then he saw Israelites fighting amongst themselves. He tried to intervene. What did they point him to? They pointed him to his mistakes. Right. You have been pointed a lot of times to your mistakes that you have shut down and you have stopped to be relevant. Right. What is now defining you is now your mistakes. 
Your mistakes have put now a peripheries around your life. You have ceased to be who God has designed you to be because you have been ahead. You have been ahead. People have said nasty stuff to you when you were just trying to help. So you said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to mind my own business. I'm going to keep to myself. I don't want to go to church anymore. Christians are hypocrites. Because you have hit a brick wall in your life before when you were trying to do that which God had called you to do. I don't know. Probably Moses, when he did it, he did it prematurely. He did it in an ill-advised way because he killed and he murdered. Yeah, mistakes will come. Hallelujah. But they are part of the growth process. Hallelujah. So as children of the Lord, as the house of the Lord, amen. Many people are going to make mistakes in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. But it is not for us to crush them. It's for us to exalt them. Hallelujah. It's for us to correct them in love, to teach them in love. The word of the Lord says there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Let the love of God change people. The word of the Lord says love, perfect love, covers over a multitude of sins. When true love is reigning, when true love is is there, hallelujah, we'll be able to bear long with one another. Hallelujah. Moses had been crushed by those that he was trying to serve. He had been disappointed by those that he was trying to minister to. Yeah, he had made mistakes. But I love the Lord, the Lord, the God that we serve. Because when the Lord visited Moses, he didn't say, I, you are a murderer. He called him according to his purpose that he had for him. Hallelujah. Uh, Someone is thinking probably it's too late to do what God has called them to do. But I've come to tell you, your gifting will make room for you. Your gift will make room for you. The word of the Lord says, and Moses was called out. Hallelujah. And the Lord says, he saw a a burning bush. He saw something burning. I've come to tell you this morning, I've come as a burning bush to tell you that your assignment is still your assignment. What God intended to use you for, he still wants to use you for that. It doesn't matter what you have gone through in your life. God is saying, you know what? I still have got a purpose for you. Hallelujah. So when Moses made this mistake, he ran away and he began to tend sheep for his father-in-law. When we read, when we began chapter 3, the word of the Lord tells us that Moses was in the desert. The desert symbolizes or speaks of a place of dryness, a place of unfruitfulness. But in the place of unfruitfulness, we hear the word of the Lord saying that he was in the backside of the desert. There is a place where you are unfruitful. But there is another place that's beyond that. That's the place where hope has perished. Where you have stopped to dream. Where you have stopped to have aspirations in life. Where everything comes because you don't want to be disappointed. You just go with the flow of things. That's where Moses was. Hallelujah. He had gone beyond the place of not having hope. But he had gone to a place of not having a dream. That's why when God visits him, he says to him, I've got an assignment for you. Moses says, who? Me? Me? Do you know where I'm coming from? Do you know what I've been going through? Why do you have this assignment for me and not for everybody else? But I want to tell you what. The assignment that Moses was being given involved traveling in the desert. 
Ah, my God. It involved, he spent 40 years, hallelujah, in the desert with the sheep alone, purposeless, without any purpose, just going with the flow of things, waking up, eating food, going to bed, not dreaming anything anymore because he had been frustrated. He had been disappointed. He had been hurt. He got to a point where he said, it's better that I don't hope. It's better that I don't dream. It's better that I don't expect anything. There is somebody in this place You have stopped expecting good Because bad has been happening To your life all along But I've come to tell you Your desert experience God is using it Or will use it To the glory of the kingdom Hallelujah For 40 years Moses was in the desert Tending to ship But God's assignment for Moses Involved going through the desert Whatever you are going through, hallelujah, your assignment, God will take your place of frustration and make it a place of strength. My, 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 my. When I am weak, then am I strong. Hallelujah. When I am weak, then am I strong. Moses spent 40 years tending to the sheep of his father in the desert. That's why when the Lord spoke to him, he says, for me to prove what I'm saying is true. When you, you are come out of Egypt, I'm not going to take you anywhere else. The first place I'm going to bring you to is this place where we are today. It's called Mount Horeb. Where is Mount Horeb positioned? In the desert. Where in the desert? At the backside of the desert. The Lord was saying, I'm going to give you this place as a reference point. That I am the God that works in impossible situations. I'm the Lord of an ultimate comeback. I'm a God that brings you back when you are thrown away. I'm the God that uses people that are rejected. I'm just telling you, you are rejected right now. You feel like you are nothing on this face of the earth. But when I am done, I'm going to use this place as a reference point that I am who I am. I am who I say I am. Hallelujah. I have an assignment for you. The next thing Moses says is, Lord, who will I say has sent me? He says, I am has sent you. Hallelujah. Then the Lord says to him, what do you have in your hand? What Moses had in his hand was a rod that he had been using to turn ship in the desert place at the backside of the desert. He had a rod and the Lord says, throw it down. He threw it down and he turned into a snake. Hallelujah. From that moment, miracles and wonders began to manifest in Moses' life. I've come to tell you what you had working for you when you were in your dry place. God will begin to use it to exalt his kingdom. Hallelujah. He had his stuff with him. That's all he had. He threw it down and that stuff changed into a snake. I don't know about you. You think your stuff will not work but I've come to tell you your stuff will work. Hallelujah. Because God's hand is upon it. Hallelujah. Your desert experience, God will use it. To the glory of his kingdom. Your testimony of how you went through the desert. Because when he was in the desert, he had to learn how to find food in the desert. He had to learn how to find water in the desert. He knew the path. There are no roads in the desert. The only way you can know the desert is when you have walked it, when you are familiar with it. That's the only way you know how to go a certain way. Uh, you have been going through some addiction in your life. 
that has enslaved you. But the reason why you had to go through it, hallelujah, was because the enemy meant to destroy you. But I want to tell you a testimony of how you are going to come out from addiction. God is going to use it to minister to somebody. I, as your pastor, I do not have the, 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 the experience of being a drug addict. I have not gone through that. Hallelujah. But God uses me in a certain way to minister to you. That has gone through that. And say what the enemy meant for bad. The Lord will use it to the testimony of God. Hallelujah. This man sitting up here, he knows what I'm talking about. He was an addict. But look at him. He's sitting in the house of the Lord. He is a pastor. Hallelujah. Serving in the house of the Lord. He goes to prison, ministering there. Hallelujah. But I, I, I bet there was a time in your life you thought God could not use you. When you, as you were sitting there, you said, Lord, I've been, I've been wasted with drugs. I've, been, I've gone through this thing for a long time. There's nothing anymore. I've grown old. But then the Lord says, I still have an assignment for you. And your testimony now is a testimony that's strengthening, that's strengthening the brethren. Hallelujah. Because when somebody looks at you and you tell them, I've been through this, they'll be like, really you? Hallelujah. I don't know about you. Hallelujah. But Moses, when they looked at him and he said, I've been in the desert. I know what it means to be forgotten. I know what it means to be in a place of death where I have no dreams anymore, where I have no more aspirations anymore. That's why when he stood before the Red Sea and he looked like everything else was over they were about to perish but he lifted up his stuff he lifted up his gifting and the red sea parted for him and he walked on dry ground i don't know when someone else is in panic mode your testimony will come and it will calm them because you have been through this you know what it means to not have a job and be kept of the lord you know what it means yes not to have a husband and be frustrated and think that you are useless but i've come to tell you your purpose is much bigger than where you are right now if you would begin to begin to see that the lord who's called the great i am is preparing you to for your testimony to be there to encourage somebody else to be hope to somebody else to be life to somebody else the children of israel they had been lived in the comfort of egypt all their lives they knew nothing about the desert but a day came when God sent to them a man that's been in the desert for 40 years, that's been in the backside of the desert, and says, this is your savior. His name is called Drawn Out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God did not go far to find what he was going to use in Moses' life. He said to him, what do you have in your hands? And he says, I've got my stuff. <laughs> I got my rod. And the word of the Lord says he threw it to the ground and it turned into a snake. Miracles began to happen in Moses' life. My, 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 my. Your testimony is about to encourage somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Your scars, your wounds. When Jesus had risen from the dead, the word of the Lord says... He went to where the disciples were and he called them and he says, come and touch my wounds. Come and touch. Come and touch my stripes. I imagine him lowering his, uh, his garment so they could see the stripes on his back. And he said, look, I've, I've gone through. But had the enemy known 
<laughs> they would not have persecuted the king of glory. Had the enemy known that you were going to come back stronger, <laughs> he would have not have dared mess with you. Moses stepped in with confidence into Pharaoh's house. And he says, the Lord God has sent me. He has said, let my people go. Hallelujah. You know better what it is to be you. And to have gone through what you have gone through. To be able to strengthen somebody that's going through the same thing. He wants to use your gift. Your gift will make room for you. Let's stand up to our feet. He wants to use your gift. He wants to use your story. 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 Your story. When you throw your story of how you found God in the backside of the desert, someone is going to get encouraged. Somebody's going to get encouraged. The word of the Lord says, We have a cloud of witnesses. We have a cloud of witnesses that's cheering us on. <laughs> Moses is cheering you on today. He's saying, if God could, have, could use me a murderer, how about you? Forty years had been wasted in the desert, as I, as I thought at that time. Lord, I'm, I'm old, God. All my strength is gone. How are you going to use me? Can't you find somebody younger? Jeremiah, when the Lord came to him and said, I'm going to use you. He says, Lord, but I'm only but a child. Then the Lord says, say no more. Say no more. What was he addressing? He was addressing the thoughts of Jeremiah. Say no more that I am a child. Because I've given you keys. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. Ha, ha, ha. Peter had denied Jesus three times. Then the Lord appeared to Peter and says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, Lord, I love you. Then he said again, Peter, I said, do you love me? Three times, Peter had denied the master. But three times the master asked him, do you love me? And he says, the devil sought to sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for you. That when you have overcome, you might strengthen the brethren. Your gifting, hallelujah, is your story. Your gifting is your testimony. All of us, we have a testimony. It might be different from my story. What I went through, you might, you might not know nothing about it. Aye, 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 aye. But I know that I know that I know that the God that I serve is faithful. The God that I serve loves me. Your story might be different as to how I ended up here. 
I grew up in one of the ghetto cities of Zimbabwe. Hallelujah. When I went for my visa interview to come here, I was denied three times. So I know the story of being persistent in the Lord. I know what it means to be in the backside of the desert. I know what it means to be at a place where you are almost out of hope. <laughs> almost. And you are hanging by just a nail. Almost out of hope. And then the Lord comes in. Hallelujah. And he says, I am who I am. And I want to use your story. Somebody is coming out of slavery right now as I'm speaking. You have been in that situation for too long. You have been in the desert for too long. You have been at the backside of the desert for too long. The Lord had not forgotten you. The Lord had not forsaken you. He said, I will never forsake you. Neither will I leave you. He has not forsaken you. He has not forgotten you. He still says, I want to use you. I want to use your story. I want to use your story. The gift of a man who will make room for him. Your story will bring you to the place and give you a place at the table. Because you got something to share. Each and every one of us, we have something to share. <laughs> I know it's easy to see something when it has come to a place. Of fruition and maturity. Here's my wife right here. Different stories. But the Lord brought us together. Different scars. Different disappointments. Different heads on this journey. But the Lord brought us together. And he says, in the place of sorrow, I will clothe you with the garments of praise. I know it's easy to picture it like this. I never pictured it like this. <laughs> there are prayers that I prayed that I'm glad the Lord did not answer. Amen. <laughs> that he said no to. Because what he was making, what he was modeling, was beyond even what I could ever think or comprehend. Amen. Had, had I had my way, had it worked out like I wanted it to, there would have been no rise fellowship today. <laughs> but different stories. Had it worked out like you wanted to, girl, you never thought one day you'd be married to a preacher boy like me. But God said, I will make your story a gift. And it is a gift to Rice Fellowship. You got a different story. Your story, it's not over. It's not over until it's over. You might not have been able to determine how your story started. But today God is giving you an opportunity to determine how your story will end. I will not throw a pity party over anything in my life because I know the Lord that I serve is in control. 
I know he's working good for me. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. They are plans for good and not for bad. They are plans for an expected end. They are plans to prosper me. There are times he's working in an invisible way, but I've learned to trust. Trust and easy. Trust and easy. It's never easy to trust. Trust in God. <laughs> Trust in God. I know when people look at you and everything has come out, they're like, oh, it's, it's, it's pastor now. It's pastor. No. <laughs> My God. Different stories. Different stories. Different stories for the kingdom of God to bring out the best. Hallelujah. You have come to this church. Some of you, you thought it was an accident. God was ordering your steps. <laughs> he was bringing you to your burning bush. Because everyone needs that burning bush experience. We're in the backside of the desert. <laughs> oh, something miraculous shows up. Hallelujah. Amen. The hand of God is all of a sudden made evident. And you have been preoccupied in your problems. But something happens and you're like, oh God, what is that I've got to turn aside to see what it is? Why does this bush burn and it's not being consumed? So Moses turns aside and when he turned aside, he heard a voice all of a sudden say, oh, take off your sandals, hallelujah. You have come carrying some baggage, but the Lord is saying, take it off because I'm beginning a new journey with you. I need to put some new shoes on your feet. You have got to put on some new shoes. Shoes of holiness. Shoes of righteousness. Your story is about to be different. I'm molding a different story. A story of a liberator. A story of a savior. A story of an ambassador. The word of the Lord says oh, that God ordained for us to work in good works that he ordained before the foundation of the world. That you and I can walk in them. I need you to take off your spiritual shoes of heaviness and be good, begin to put on the, the light shoes of the directing of the Lord. Let's lift up our hands in the house of the Lord. Father, I thank you for every person in this house. I thank you for their story. <laughs> it's another thing. When God brings you to where you can thank him for the scars in your life. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for the doors that refused to open because you are raising up me up for such a time as this. Thank you, Lord, for the nose I got. Thank you, Lord, for the disappointments that I faced because, Lord, you are turning them around to use them to be a strength to somebody, to encourage a life, to redeem somebody in the name of Jesus. Change my mind change my perception change the way I think that Lord I might know you have raised me up for such a time as this I've come into the kingdom for such a time as this Esther was raised as an orphan probably she thought she had, she had hit misfortune when she lost her parents to be raised by a Mordecai but the Lord was preparing her to be a savior for the Jews for the children of the Lord. The 
there is somebody in the world that the Lord is saying I love them too much let me ask you one question Do you think that God will prioritize your temporary discomfort over your eternal salvation or your eternal purpose? There are times in life you go through temporary discomfort so that you can fulfill your divine and eternal purpose. Hallelujah your eternal purpose. Just say, God, help me to find my purpose. Lord, help me to use what I've got. It's sufficient. It's adequate. My God. That's all. Just begin to pray for your life. Is intentional. Is intentional. And never failing. Father, we pray. Just lift up your life before the Lord. Just lift up your life before the Lord. Just lift up a prayer to the Lord. Oh, never failing. Oh, you are intentional, God. He's intentional. Oh, my God, you don't fail. My, 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 my. Even when I'm more out feeling it. Even when I'm not thinking it. Oh, even when I don't see it. Never failing. Never failing. Oh, he's intentional. Oh, he's intentional. 